Hey, welcome to Get to Know an Average Joe. Because sometimes when you stop to ask a few questions, you learn incredible things about people. Because we live so long, we have a luxury and we get a gift that generations before us, they didn't get. I'm your host, Dodie Axelson. Reach me at Dodiax on Twitter and let me know what you think of these conversations. How do you answer that question when people ask you, where are you from, Jesper Road? It's actually a bit difficult because um, I'm born in Denmark. I've been living in Brazil, well, in and out, all in all, um, almost 19 years since I came there first time in the 80s. I had a life also as expatriate, so I've been living in Hungary. I've been living some time in the UK also. And um, with a good thought, I can say that I've become a world citizen. What was that first decision like, leaving Denmark? How old were you and why? Well, the first time I left Denmark, I was uh, 20. And by the time I ended up in Brazil, I was 21, actually. So I, I did it because I thought that we should we should have a time in our life where we can basically browse around and, and look at the world. That was very important. To me at that time, it was actually kind of a um, resistance against what I thought was the women's liberation movement. Was let's say We want to be able to control our own life. And I thought at that time, I had a girlfriend who dropped me and went to the UK. And then she went to Paris and met some guy there. And I thought, wow, so I'm supposed to take education here and then to become a family provider further on in my life. And I said that I don't want to buy that. So to resist against women's lib, you went to Latin America. You can say that I, I thought that men should also have a liberation, right? And not just be set as family providers. So I said, I want a trip. I want to go around. I want to move out. And I don't want to stay here, you know, uh, take education and have a good job afterwards. So that was actually what I was uh, moving towards. I totally support that women get this freedom. And I think that men was the same way that women were. I thought that men was also pressed into a role. Uh, and I objected to that. So I went to the And the role that they're pressed into is to be a provider? As men, yes. I think, because from the women's side, they wanted to be able to take new roles that they hadn't had before, including becoming family providers. And I saw the opposite. I said, yeah, I don't want to be a family provider. I want to do something else, right? I want to be able to skate around and attach to who I want. So have you avoided that role, family provider, or what ha- what role have you taken on now many years later? Well, not at all, but you can you can say that it. I, I had my time where I got to choose, Right, and I I had kids pretty late. I had kids when I were and I was um, 34. At a certain point in time, it was a decision that I took that now I wanted to have kids. And then and then of course you get into a family structure where you need to provide, right? And so that was the natural thing to do, I think. But um, having said that, I think that today, because we live so long, we have a luxury and we get a gift that generations before us, they didn't get. And I can now sit down and say, okay, I don't have this pressure on me anymore. I don't need to provide for that family for many more years now. I can actually now start to say, okay, uh, I'm far from retiring, but I still did what I wanted to do with the family and raising, but now I have created a space for doing something different again. So I, now I feel that the same way I was when I went to Brazil, as I was, felt I was with a crossroad, I'm actually getting to a crossroad again. 
And I, I realized that generations before us, they didn't have that third crossroad that they could get to. Right, because it was done, and then you, re- you stayed at the same company, and then you retired, and you were in the same city the whole time. So as you approach this third crossroad, what's going through your mind? It's a very interesting question. I'm not really a long-time planning guy, but last year I did something that I've never done before, which was, I said, I want to try to picture myself in 10 years. Uh, Last year, I turned 50. So uh, I said to myself, when I'm 60, I want to work with three things. I want to work with the company management. I want to work do uh, work as board member. I want to work with teaching. And um, I want to work with innovation and companies starting up. So is this drastically different? Because now you're focused on marketing. You're at Ericsson in Latin America. So what kind of transformation is required for you to do those three things? Well, that's what I already began to do. So I, the on the Brazilian uh, largest management of business school, FGV, I've done a couple of courses for them that I've designed that I've executed. I am mentor for a number of startups in Brazil. Uh, I'm a co-founder of a co-working and makerspace in Sao Paulo. And I've started to work uh, with uh, a consultancy group where I, in my spare time, actually do different type of, of, of uh, work with individuals and groups and workshops that I do. It's a very interesting, it's just a Swedish company, Hyper Island. It's great. And I took some time last year, took two weeks where I went to Silicon Valley and designed my own training, so to say. I took it in my hand and said, I will be responsible for what I'm doing here. And it's a great partnership with Ericsson because uh, I look very much into Internet of Things and I'm studying that a lot. And Ericsson is also moving into this. So, you know, our ways are going parallel, which is the great thing. I think I contribute to Ericsson, Ericsson contributes to me. And we decided that let's take that as work time. And I think that, that that's great. So I really think that uh, Ericsson is, uh, as a company, you know, is changing, is supporting these careers that we... We say that people are beginning to shape more and more of their own careers, and, and it's not just that you go into a predefined career road, which is this is the way that you go on the end of, end of line. I'm shaping my own profile, and the company is supporting me in that. So I feel, I feel great about it. So we're going to come back to that, because I think that's interesting to be in that transformation now in the future that you see, the possibilities that you see. But what's your origin story with Ericsson? How did you come into this position? How did you come into this company? Well, before Ericsson, I worked with communication at a uh, another company um, in Denmark, and I designed mobile satellite communication equipment. So those were units already at the time, actually, that does a lot into fulfilling what we are thinking about when we talk about Internet of Things today. But those were for very specific applications, the U.S. Army uh, and for container transport. So those were units, GPS units, you know, but it was all satellite. It was nothing cellular at the time. So you had an engineering background. Yes, I had an engineering background. So I designed computers to having in, in, in lorries and in, in trucks and stuff like that where you can do satellite communication, communication with uh, precision reporting and stuff like that. And a guy who knew me there, he, who later became a manager at Ericsson, he wanted me to come over and, and work with Ericsson in the commercial department as a global account manager for GDC, he was a Danish operator. And uh, at the time, I already knew that I want to go back to Brazil. So they called me in two times, and I said, no, I declined, actually. And then he called me in the third time and said, okay, this time I got a deal for you. You work with us for two years, and we'll find a place for you in Brazil. And then it was certainly totally different. Talk about being wooed. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that was great. You know, the feeling was really great. So I spent time in Hungary. I worked with the operators in these five countries, you know, and I got some great results out of it. And what happened was that actually before that time, some of the people that I knew at Ericsson in Europe had moved to Brazil. And then they called me and said, you did some great work in, in, in Europe. Come down and do this in Brazil also, right? So I got the invitation, actually. So all roads were leading to Brazil. But before that, when Jesper was a kid, we had an earlier conversation. You were describing yourself as a kid and you really didn't see this for yourself as your career and your life. Describe that. Not at all. Before the word nerd existed, actually, I was a nerd. I love this vocabulary because you described it as you nerded out. You were nerding out on things. What does that mean? What were you doing? Well, it means that I I had... It doesn't mean that I didn't have friends, but I loved spending time in my room doing stuff with computers, And my father got one of these first uh, microprocessor kits from Intel, a uh, 8080 kit. I mean, this was really programming on machine language, assembler language. And I spent time with that. That that generation's Raspberry Pi. Yeah, exactly. Well, except that I I think that I was the only kid in the whole city that had a thing like that because it was it was coincidence my father who was working at the danish television he went to a course in the uk and he got this this development kit home you know and i just jumped on it you know and i i programmed and designed a lot and i spent so much time on 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 working with this stuff there and for me it was really cool i liked it so the idea of what technology can do and the idea on how we use these as tools begin to shape uh, within me So I began as an engineer, but as time went on, I began to get more and more interest in understanding and how this impacts people. And there is one, I think, one of the basic things regarding this is actually that many of the thousands of hours that I spend on this, at the same time that I was nerding around with electronics, I was listening to radio. So I spend most of my time from when I was 10, 12, listening to uh, talk radio. And today I'm I'm a, a junkie for talk radio, and I'm in, I'm into podcasts. What I do is with the, with the people that I like, I start exchanging which are the best podcasts that you 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 use. And I did this arrangement with one of my friends. He is a psychotherapist actually, and um, we made this deal that once a month we have one or two hours that we take and we exchange, and it's just as fun for him as it is for me to sit there. We just take we cl- close off everything else, and then we just start you know traveling and dreaming around. This is extremely fun. So exploring all these different new dimensions that I feel that I dig up all the time is just so interesting. So life's plan A was really about engineering, but along came this possibility of bringing in the human element, and then you end up at marketing at Ericsson, and now you're looking at something, uh, a variation of that yet again. It's not, it's very interesting because it's not something that I plan. It comes little by little, and sometime I discover where I'm going at when I look back. And I like this. I like uh, being put out in a, in a situation where I'm squeezed and I have to really redefine most of what I'm doing, right? So I changed job at Ericsson at the time and I changed my private life and, and everything just got, got thrown up. And uh, I've done that a couple of times, actually. I think when the, the, the 10 years, um, the 10 first years I was with Ericsson in Brazil, I actually asked to leave the company, I think, three times. <laughs> and then they come up with something new 
And some, because the first time I remember was when, when in 2001, 2002, there were big cuts. I mean, we cut down 85% of the workforce in the country. And I was expat, and I could see I was my cost in my cost center that was overlooking was does occurred to five people, right? And I, I think we, we, I had fired, I had a period where I was fired. I don't know the number of people, you know, that I was laying off at the time. And I was getting so dull and so sad about it. And I went to, to, to my boss, who was the, 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 the managing director of Ericsson at the time, and I said, I give myself six months. Okay, we said six months, then I'm out of here. Because I didn't want that somebody else would go out and give me a time frame. I said, I said, time frame for myself. And then they came back to me and said, no, 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 you got it all wrong. We got something new for you here. Get divorced instead, but stay with Ericsson. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was in different periods of my life. But, uh, I mean, new things came up, right? So at Ericsson, I've been commercial for a couple of years. I've been running the R&D in Latin America. I've been running uh, marketing in Brazil, um, tech, um, commercial management. I've been CTO for Brazil. I mean, it's so many different things. M&A measures and acquisitions for Latin America. And so this is the good thing about the company, you know I mean? Uh, yeah, your people doesn't stay so many so, so long in company, same company anymore. But each time Ericsson has offered something that has been totally different and a new challenge to me, I think actually that Ericsson has managed to turn this thing about new challenges. And but so in my case, it's been extremely positive, and I've got new challenges so many times, and that that it really made me feel great. Do you think you're an exception, or do you think that this is pretty normal to say every, would you say every three to five years you take a big, you have a big change in your life? I think that people making changes to their lives is becoming more normal than it was before. I, I don't try to evaluate myself in that sense. I see myself as curious. It's like endorphin, discovering places and, 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 and stuff is, is to me is is extremely energizing and I think that that is what's driving me so I don't think of myself as different or exceptional I think of myself as curious perhaps more curious than others but normally I discover that through the feedback that I get from people right I, I remember the first time when I went to Brazil I had this talk uh, by coincidence because I was working as a manager at the middle manager at the time, and certainly the president of Ericsson called me in because we had a problem with some with some people, some families, and and I was the manager of this, so he wanted to discuss with me what 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 we could do, and I had this half hour talk with him, and he said, "How old are you?" And I said, uh, I was 35 or something. And I said, wow, but you, mean you seem like you're much older than you are. You've lived six or seven lives. Yeah, I mean, so, I, so, so feedbacks like that, you know, made me think, okay, maybe there is something to this curious idea about going up and, and turning the stones and see what turns up beneath them. Right? Is there something that you would want to say to little Jesper Rode, who was nerding out on that equipment that his dad brought to him? Continue to be curious. Thanks for listening to Jesper's story. Our next guest is another one of my family members. You'll meet Dottie, my mother-in-law. My grandfather had built the first Tootsie Roll machine. It took the Tootsie Roll and then it went through the machine and they were wrapped. And uh, my father always told me never eat Tootsie Rolls because of all <laughs> the mouse droppings and everything. Did that make you want Tootsie Rolls more? Yeah, I guess, because I loved them. <laughs> And I think you'll understand why I won the lottery for mothers-in-law. That's next time on Get to Know an Average Joe. And now, if you'll excuse me. <laughs>